Tonight we're wrapping up this idea of John the Baptist as forerunner. And, and we've talked along, all along these last three weeks of, of the different things, the different aspects of John's ministry, that he was the fulfillment of prophecy, that he pointed to Jesus. And tonight that concept of being the forerunner has one more thought, and that's it wasn't meant to be a forever job, that, that John knew that at some point he was going to have to fade into the background. And so tonight we see how John the Baptist was willing to be less. We're going to look at a few verses from John chapter 3 tonight, verses 27 to 30. It reads like this. To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and now it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. I hope you can see kind of from where you're sitting what that is. Six o'clock service didn't have any trouble. Can you, can you tell what that picture is of? No? It's an abandoned shopping mall. Thank you. Yes. Maybe some of you don't even know what those are anymore. I don't know. Do you know? You wouldn't be surprised, I bet, to know that dozens of shopping malls have ceased to be in existence across the United States. Some of them have simply been torn to the ground. Uh, Others of them are just like this, abandoned. I don't know if the escalator still works or not, but you can see that at one time it was probably a thriving place. And there's reasons for that. I read just a couple of days ago that this year on Cyber Monday, $11.3 billion were spent without people having to leave their homes or maybe their offices if they did it from work. And at one time, not too long ago, that money was all probably spent, or at least a lot of it, at shopping malls. And so you think about the idea of how difficult it is to stay relevant. And certainly malls have had trouble staying relevant because of how easy it is to find goods in other places. We see that in other places to the, the desire to stay relevant. Maybe that's the explanation for why Tom Brady keeps playing football or why um, Mick Jagger is still on tour with the Rolling Stones even though he's almost 80 years old. Right? There's a desire to stay relevant, and that's what we see in our text for tonight. It's John's disciples who come to him and say, what's going on? How come people are leaving you? Don't you want to stay relevant? And John's answer points people to Jesus as he is willing to become less. That's what we want to just take from these few verses from John's gospel tonight. That John the Baptist was willing to be less because he knew, first of all, his role was complete. And secondly, it was only Jesus who could save. If you go back in the chapter a little bit of John chapter 3, the Apostle John is reporting about a competition of sorts, I suppose you could say, between the disciples of Jesus and the disciples of John. The verse right before our text has John the Baptist's disciples coming to him and saying, everyone is going to him, meaning Jesus. You can almost sense their frustration, can't you? And, and maybe we can relate to their jealousy too. After all, they had committed a portion of their lives to following John the Baptist. They enjoyed his preaching. They, they knew what he stood for. And to watch all of his disciples follow somebody else, to follow Jesus, to watch his relevance really be lost, 
it bothered John's disciples. But maybe you'd caught some of the things that John said and, and how John really set in a very kind way his disciples straight. He had two reminders for his disciples as to why this was a good thing that was happening. First of all, he says this, a person can only use what he has received from God. It's kind of an amazing thing that John says that finally it's the blessings that come to God from God to us that, that we use. And that's what we're limited to. It's almost as if John could have written these words in 21st century America because if you think about one of the issues in our world, isn't it that people are always looking to be something different, something better than what they are? Maybe it's because we see somebody's Facebook post or, or Instagram and say, well, I, I think my life would be a lot happier if only... I did this or was this. And then when we remember it's God who gives us the gifts that we have and, and to find joy in the blessings that God has given us, that's what John reminds his disciples. Then there's a second thing that John reminds them too and he simply says, I am not the Messiah, but I came to pe get people ready for that Messiah to come. He recognized his role. He knew his purpose. John has a pretty neat point of comparison that I think we'll find pretty easy to understand tonight. Maybe you caught it as he was talking about the friend of the bridegroom. I suppose today we would call that the best man. And so I don't know how many I'm going to hands I'm going to see, but I'll do my best. How many of you have ever served as a best man or a maid of honor? Raise your hand if you served as a best man or a maid of honor. Yeah, not too many. It's coming. Don't worry. The days, those days are coming. But a few people that raised your hand, did you have to give a speech too? Raise your hand if you had to give a speech as the maid of honor or the best man. Okay, it's kind of a big deal, right? You kind of try to figure out exactly what you want to say. You want to be entertaining, maybe even a little bit funny, but, but you know what your purpose is. And your purpose as the best man or the maid of honor as you're toasting the new bride and groom is, is not to draw all the attention to yourself. The point is to help people share the joy of the bride and groom, to turn attention to the people, the couple that had gotten married. And that's John's point of comparison. He said, I'm like the best man. Jesus is the bridegroom. He's the one that's come. He's the one that people should be focused on. And John actually says he's found joy in pointing people to Jesus. That's how he found that joy in, in the fact that the Messiah had come. John says he's found joy in, in that fact and that, that joy is now complete. I love the Greek word there, that, that, that now complete, the, the idea of completeness, because the word actually means to fill to capacity. And so John is actually saying that at his heart, his life is filled up to overflowing because of the joy he has in knowing that he was meant to point to Jesus, to be his forerunner, and now the Messiah had come. Can you imagine? John got a front row seat to a promise that God had repeated for centuries, that a Messiah was coming, that a Savior from sin was on the way, and now John was the one who got to say, this is him, this is the one, follow him. And that's where John can say, he must become greater, I must become less. In some translations it says this, he must increase and I must decrease. It's striking, isn't it? John's humility that picture of how much he was willing to fade to the background, to lose his own relevance, to point people to Jesus. 
And maybe it strikes us because deep down we know that humility is not something that comes very easily to us in this world. I heard somebody once say this, we all have an ego problem. Some of us are just better at hiding it than others. We know that's true, right? We know how hard it is to think of others before ourselves, how hard it is to want others to get what's coming to them, what the glory and praise that's theirs when, when we kind of have to fade to the background. And yet John's humility is, is not just a lesson. John's humility goes one step further. It, it points us to Jesus. Because that Messiah who came, came for selfish sinners like you and me. That Jesus came to go to a cross to win salvation for each one of us. And really, it's John's humility that refl- is reflected in Jesus' humility. That's the real humble person. It's Jesus who left heaven to come to this earth to be human. And as full, fully God and fully man, he went to a cross for you and me to win for us forgiveness and a place with him forever in the joy of heaven. It's that attitude, the attitude of Jesus, that humility that Jesus inspires us to have by the faith that he has given us. It's what the Apostle Paul talked about in his letter to the Philippians in chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. He wrote this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's what the humility of Jesus accomplishes for you and me. That's why John was willing to become less, to be less, so that Jesus and his grace for us was magnified. A couple of takeaways from our devotion tonight. Number one, we believe only Jesus saves and find joy in his blessings. As the disciples were giving testimony to Jesus following his ascension, they said this, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And number two, we humbly recognize our blessings and seek to serve others. Peter wrote in his first epistle these words, Each of you should use whatever gift you've been given to serve others in faithfulness to the grace of our Lord. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I've seen it on a bumper sticker and I think I saw it on a t-shirt not too long ago. I know at first glance it looks like T is greater than I, but the T is supposed to be a cross. And that cross obviously represents Jesus and it really is, I suppose in three symbols, the perfect illustration of what John said in chapter 3, verse 30. He must become greater, I must become less. What an attitude John had to magnify Jesus, to glorify him, to elevate him. And what an opportunity you and I have as we seek to glorify and elevate Jesus in our lives too. What does it mean to become less? Well, it might mean that we have to put others before ourselves. It means that we might have to look out for the needs of others before we think about our own needs. We think of ways that we can demonstrate the love of Jesus to others. The same love that Jesus served us with, he now gives us the opportunity and he gives us the motivation to love and serve others as he served us first. Amen. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the blessings of a Savior from sin. We know that in just a few days, we'll get to celebrate again that joy of the birth of Jesus and what he came to this earth to do, to save his people from their sins. That includes us. We pray, Lord, that you forgive us for our selfishness. Forgive us for not making you greater in our lives. Instead, give us opportunities, Lord, to to demonstrate your love, not just for us, but for all people, in all that we say and do. Ultimately, Lord, we know that you have prepared the home that we are waiting for with you in heaven, and we pray that you guide us through the life that you give us here until we are with you there. Thank you for allowing the students to, to finish their regular classes for the semester. And now as study day is here tomorrow and, and semester exams are coming up, we ask you, Lord, to be with all of our students. Give them the calm assurance that, that your presence is with them always, that you will use whatever results they're looking for for their good just as you have promised. And give them confidence, Lord, to know that, that you are the one that can take away anxiety and that, that they can come to you and pray in any and every circumstance. Watch over them and bless them. Guide them through the next week or so and then give everyone safe travels home and an enjoyable holiday and Christmas with family and friends. And bless us, Lord, to celebrate your birth once again. We pray all of these things in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.